What's up, Camp Believers? Host Desi here. Man, it's it's really full circle. And for those who have been rocking with us since the Men of Purpose podcast, you know Matt Frakes, or should I refer to him as Dr. Matt Frakes now? So you know him and you know his messaging, you know what he's about. You know, I, I got to have him on and and it was such a full circle type of moment. You know, this podcasting journey for me has been so special because it it literally was the story for myself of just imposter syndrome and self-doubt and for those that have been rocking with us for a while now you already know all the coursework that i purchased how i overthought things for three years and then finally just did it and the person that i did it with was my guy matt here so to have him on the pod was really really special we dove into his story a little bit more and we dove into a lot more of not only things that he's had he's had to be triumphant over in his upbringing but truly who he is as a person and i'm gonna let uh, him announce a little bit of what makes his hero's journey so very special and what he's doing now. But the man is is in charge of a really, really big team in college football. So I'll let him tell the story. I hope you enjoy. As always, give us a shout out if something that we talk about here resonates with you. Much love, y'all. Yo, what up? You've heard how every superhero has their origin story, right? Well, welcome to the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. I am your host, Desi Abeda. I'm a high-performance mentor, registered dietitian, and family man. Tune in as we explore the high-performance habits of high performers, their origin story, and how they went from disbelief to belief in their own hero's journey, where they got to a point and shouted, can't believe I made it. Enjoy the episode. what's up baby dude i i miss your face man I, I don't even know like we started a podcast together a long ass time ago and then you just went on to bigger and better things and just left me bro like what's, what's good <laughs> no man it wasn't bigger and better at all bro it was just way too much to juggle at one time i'm not going to even lie to you i had to balance stuff i was like yeah see i, I i'd rather be consistent i was like yeah, yeah if i keep doing this Daisy gonna keep getting mad at me because we kept having to postpone or reschedule stuff literally because of me. So I was like, yeah. yeah, this ain't fair, bro. <laughs> no, man, all, all of this stuff is is all absolutely okay. I mean, I feel like I've gotten a front row seat to like your path. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, for our listeners out there, like let's welcome Matt once again. Um, you know, shout out Men of Purpose podcast, something that Matt and I developed together. You know, when we first started chatting, it was like. You say like three years, three years ago, four years ago. Yeah, Rory yeah. was still because King was still like brand brand new, right? Brand new. He wasn't even out yet. Now nah, think about it. He actually you know, pregnant, bro. She I, was yeah, gone. you're absolutely yeah, right. Three and a half, four years ago. Shit. God damn it. <laughs> so yeah, Matt and I started just developing this idea to jump on a podcast together. And around that time, you're still like trying to to finish up the PhD which mm-hmm. just recently happened and we'll definitely get into that. But we started talking around that time. And since then, man, you've just been leveling up, leveling up. And like with this transition in the podcast, like they can't believe I made a podcast. You know, the thing that I've been really trying to make sure that we get the message out is people's own hero's journey, right? Looking at the habits, looking at the triumphs, looking at, looking at everything, dude. So, um, for our listeners out there, I think this might be the first time that you're you're announcing this on a pod, unless you've been cheating on me somewhere else, bro. <laughs> but no, uh, 
and nah, introduce yourself and your title right now because this, this is a big freaking deal man i'm super proud of you bro i appreciate you bro so my, my name is matt frakes or dr matthew frakes um, yeah why don't you well. put dr frakes up so, in your uh, intro yeah, right there man what not, the hell? Dr. i can't how you work this how you rename this but anyways it's too late <laughs> man <laughs> it's too late it is what it is so uh dr matt frakes i'm the director of sports nutrition here at the university of notre dame um and yeah, Ooh, it's, it's, still crazy right to say. It's, it's so crazy to say because of the simple fact of I'll be honest with you, man. And, and we know the demographics and we know how our field is. So mm -hmm. for me to to make this move and take this role at a prestigious university like this, and I'm the director of sports nutrition for the entire department and I only work with football. So I'm I'm the football dietitian as well. It's it is it's breaking down every barrier that yeah, i've every, ever yeah. could imagine or dreamed of so um but yeah i've been here since may 24th was my first start date i remember that to the day because i was like that's where another part of my life has changed man this is insane so um it's, and it's been a blessing wow. i didn't have nothing but have full support yeah from every angle and this has yeah. been insane man i i remember when you announced it i think yeah it was on facebook um you announced it man i got chills because like i've i see how i see how hard and dedicated you are to not only just the grind and the performance and dietetics but to like these people of color out here who are trying to make sure that they're doing the best that they can so that they can get an equal look and let's be honest that's not happening right and so um man i got chills so let's let's kind of dive into the the process a little bit um mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about like what happened, how you got there. Because last time we spoke, you actually had jumped on the pod and uh, you had just gotten, um, yeah, I mean, you you just gotten dolly whopped uh, by your old work, <laughs> right? Oh like, man, so it's sit down. Like that was a that was the last conversation we had on on the pod actually. The pod. So that was. yes. So so what was it like? It was, so what was a, the, what was the process? How this happened was a blessing, man. I would say because of the simple fact. So, if, so what Desi is talking about, if you recall, last time we had a conversation was with Deanna and Tamara about, um, um, <laughs> we were talking about as far as the transitions and also us being as people of color, um, in the field of dietetics and everything as well. And I had dropped in there that. I didn't get the job as a director at my last place I was at. And it wasn't the fact I understood the decision and everything as well. Um, but at the same time, it was still to where it was like me. And, and this is anybody. If, if you're, if you're competitive in anything that you do, that you feel like you're the best thing um, when it comes in that role and within that decision. So, you know, I was, I was very sick. I was salty. Um, for lack of for better words, <laughs> I was very salty, and that's the come yeah. up coming out of me. So, but uh, yeah. I, I was very salty at the time. Um, I was very down on myself at the time too because I felt like that was the time that I it should have been I should have been in a lead role because I had everything I felt like in place and the experience in place. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a young dietitian, but at the same time. I had everything in place in my leadership and everything has, has spoke for itself from all I've done in a short yeah. amount of time. I've done stuff that people 15, 20 years here in this field have not done yet. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just from all that time, didn't get the position 
And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to stick it out. And I was literally considering, we was thinking about making my role in the associate director role, being basketball only, um, not being stretched so thin, mm-hmm. and just going that route and just being associate director there, just waiting it out because I love Louisville. And I love being there. I love the city. Um, yeah. Everything was phenomenal. It was close to family and everything as well. And then, um, let's see, I was at the ACC tournament. And after the men didn't get selected for the NCAA tournament, which was mm-hmm. that was the craziest thing I've witnessed too, because I witnessed that in person, because we yeah. really thought we were we were in there. Yeah, um, yeah. Then I went to the women's uh, tournament, and we were there in the bubble for a long period of time, for about two and a half weeks. Yeah, y'all had a good run too. We had a we had a phenomenal run. I can't be more proud. Well, you ran into us, teams. right? So it was University of Arizona was that? Did we play Louisville? No, 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 no. We, we, we was other side. Docket next. Yeah, we okay. were on the docket next. Other side. We were going to play you guys if we would have advanced, but yeah, we got beat by Stanford. So okay, exactly. Um, those so women that, were killers, man. They, I'm telling you, man, I was their three point percentage. I was like, wait, team, what? <laughs> that, that team, like just to witness it, because that was also my first time I truly got to travel with my girls. Um, mm-hmm. because I again I was stressed so thin. I had men's women's basketball, volleyball, softball. Yeah. Um, so it was just in the sense of I finally got to travel with them and I was able to build a relationship with them in that bubble. And obviously, you have to because you're all locked in together. So yeah, really got to see their work ethic, really got to see just the type of character and entire team was the staff was and just get Mm -hmm. that experience. It was phenomenal, man. And and on the men's side, it's the same way. But the the girls, it was special Um, and they had very special players. So I was blessed to be a part of that away from my family for a long time. I was blessed to be a part of that. But anyways, um, during that time, I had gotten a call. Literally, probably it was a practice right before we was getting ready for Stanford. Um, I got called the blue. Literally, my one of my good friends, my colleagues, was talking to one of the dietitians here that that, that they were about to leave. Mm-hmm. And they had a conversation about me. He called me up with something about the university and all this stuff. Like, hey, we want you to put your name in a hat. We think it would be a good idea. He's thinking about you getting back to football. And literally before that, my old strength coach I played on at Bowling Green asked me that question. Like, Frace, you gonna what's going on? Like, do you think you're going to get back into football? Um, because we've been hearing you doing some phenomenal things, especially with your research and concussion and stuff. Just know, just know when I got the right money, I'm coming to get you. That's literally yeah. what he said to me. Yeah. Um, so I was like. That, that might be a sign. I had that call. Yeah. That was a second sign. And then literally the third one was when I had that call from the AD here um, for football. Gave me a call. It was like he was telling me about it and everything, the role, the direction they want to go, how they want to bring somebody in to change the perspective and change the dynamics of here. Because it's one thing that they felt like that they truly was taking for granted. Yeah. And the predecessors here, the whole entire staff, they just didn't truly treat them the way that they shoot that they truly should have been treated as yeah. dietitians. That's how most dietitians feel too with some of their institutions. Yeah. So I, I got the great end of the stick to where it was just like they're finally ready for a change based upon all the work they've done. Yeah. Called me up, told me about it, and I put my name in the hat. I got back. And then literally that week after, they had an itinerary ready for not only me, but my family. I've never seen nothing like that before in my life. They had a itinerary. Literally, the red was, carpet, bro. This that, is like that, they're recruiting was, for you. Yeah, <laughs> that was appointed for Cassandra and Kingston. So they had they had they had them on the interview too. Um, 
So it was just, it was crazy. See, we, so we drove up. I didn't want to fly because I was done flying. I was done with flights. And I wanted to drive to kind of see how the drive was and all that feel yeah. for it. Yeah. So we drove up, uh, stayed in. They rolled out the red carpet, basically. Um, I had a great conversation with the entire staff. Coach Kelly, the head coach, moved his schedule around just to meet me. Mm-hmm. And that said enough as it is right there. Yeah. And met with everybody. I And I had asked some very tough questions at the time just to kind of see how far I can push their buttons. And I was pushing buttons to kind of see like, okay, there's some things that, that from the past, what I've heard that probably went wrong. Um, some things I'm looking into as far as like my direction changing, the, the relationships I need to build before we even change a lot of the stuff that needs to be done too. Yeah. Interviews, it just went phenomenal. Then they offered me the job. I counter offered. Yeah. <laughs> they were really, they, they were willing to give me what I was what I was worth, man. And and, yeah. and and then some. And then they were just like, um, and then ever since then, like literally, this has been it's been nothing but a blessing because from all the hard work that the that the previous staff had put in, like it wasn't the point to where it was a skeleton in a bando. The skeleton yeah. is just like it's it's establishing that the whole entire staff and department are ready to to, to see whatever support they need to give our department yeah. to make us flourish, help us yeah. flourish. So I just came in a in a phenomenal situation. Man, can you can you do me a favor and the listeners once more? Uh, can you read your your full name and your position right now, your title, please, <laughs> one more time, one more time. Uh, Doctor Matthew Richard Frakes is my full government name. My title is Director of Sports Nutrition here at the University of Notre Dame. Please allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. <laughs> My gosh, man, I, I get chills about it. You know, I, I want to, Maddie, I, I want to dive into a little bit of the process for you. Um, again, for our listeners out there, Matt and I have been friends for the last, like, what, three and a half? Yeah, like yeah three and a half years. years. Yeah, we never we never get the timeline right. We've been friends for the last like four years, uh, and I've gotten to see him be really successful at, at who he is as a man, and, and allowing that to to really help him with opportunities. And so, there's a quote, Matt, that I that I really really love. And as you were talking about this, I'm thinking about all the concussion work that you've done, thinking about your PhD, thinking about uh, how great your wife Cassandra is, like what she's really good at. I'm just thinking about like the whole process and this quote got brought up and I wanted to look for it so that I didn't butcher it because I've always really loved it. So um, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity, right? So as you were talking about that, I I thought of that quote and I just wanted to throw it out there. So can we talk about the preparation of what has gotten you to where you are today? Because again, the concussion research, right? Getting your PhD, uh, being a football guy yourself, I mean, can you can you speak on how those things have prepared you for what you're doing today? Every bit of my life has prepared me for this moment and even for moments after. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say just from the from all the adversities that I had to triumph over and learn mm-hmm. from um, have has helped me build that stamina and patience in order to help be a leader and move us in a direction that we want and need to go to be mm-hmm. successful based on the culture and the community that we have to work with. Mm-hmm. So I would say that from those adversities in a sense, um, just from, from all the troubles I have gotten into from all the stuff, as far as from the, 
the instability from the socioeconomic classes I had to move through growing up as well with my family and I had just even had to move all those times as kids uh, from even to uh, having to leave one university to transfer to the next mm -hmm. um, from having to find out who I am and just get myself out of my mindset of what I was used to being exposed to mm -hmm. um, from from that demographic of low income and poverty and all that stuff and and having and me being the first person to graduate my family at all levels in college um it, it it's prepared me to have that that what i love to say love pain to achieve glory yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and i got that title on my on my on my chest so mm -hmm. um that was that was part of it and then even to the point to where it was like I've lost a lot of people from this time and still having to try to stay focused to it mm -hmm. where I've, I've lost a friend for doing something stupid that he had no, no business doing at all. Yeah. Um, I've lost my cousin died from, from cancer when I first, the first month going into my doctorate program mm -hmm. and having to go to New Jersey to, the, to be a pallbearer for her. Yeah. My grandmother literally right before I moved and still having to stay focused to go, like I'm still going to go, and do that too. Then yeah. at the same time, getting married, roller coaster rides, then losing my father right when after we got married that same year, um, having to be home for a month and a half to be my dad's caregiver, uh, and to and to see him, you know, take his last breath with yeah. my with my brothers and stuff. So, and then having to make the sacrifices to do what's best for my family and put them first to where it was against what I thought was the best thing that for my career, I put my family first. It was like, okay, yeah, I'm the associate director for Louisiana Lafayette. I actually got offered the job for the director job there. So that was going to be my first director job. Mm -hmm. And I turned it down because Louisville had offered me and it was a step down, but not necessarily because it was closer to family. My family's from yeah. Louisville. So I took that job. And that was where I felt like I was a failure because I was, it was like a, it was like a. I went from a going for a leadership job to now I'm just back to being one of the uh, one of the soldiers in the army. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably a poor reference to put it as, but yeah, one of the dietitians on staff essentially. Yeah. Um, and then within that year, I, I just was just doing whatever I could to take care of my athletes, like I always do. So I just put people first, and like I always yeah. do. That's how I've always grew up. My family, my mom and dad took in our friends whenever they had down when they were. Um, and down bad situations, as you would say, um, yeah. or have family issues and we they had to stay with us for a little bit. So I'm just, I'm just so used to that and seeing that and seeing you having a sacrifice for your fellow individual. Yeah. So my parents did it. Um, so it was just to a point to where, okay, now, and that's how it's carried over to my, to my leadership style and to mm -hmm. my, and to me as an individual, because I'm always going to try to do whatever I need to, to put my family first, mm -hmm. um, above the, above my own means or above my own, what I want. Um, yeah. and then the same thing, as far as whoever's a part of my team, putting them first as well and making sure like we have our vision, we have our goal, establishing that and being a, a leader, but at the same time, trying to incorporate what their values are and bringing people on board that align with our, Values. Yeah. They may be the best dietitian in the world or the best person in the world, but if they don't align with our values and the, the direction we need to go, 
obviously I'm gonna go with somebody that's probably that needs to be coached or teached on some things more. Yeah. Yeah. So man, I um uh, I, I would love for you've said this on on an earlier pod. I would love to Matt revisit it, you know, because I, I think there's a lot of similarities just based off of what I know about you, based off of when you and I first met, the amount of times that you had to move. I mean, you I remember you bought a home that you really loved and then opportunity knocked and then you had to sell that home and those people backed out. Like, <clears throat> I just yeah. remember the, the fury, man. So like you talked about this in an earlier pod and you you kind of just touched on it, Matt. And I would like to touch on it again a bit more fully and, and what it felt like and what it truly meant for you. But I think in an earlier pod, you had mentioned that you moved an absorbent amount of like times as a kid. 11 times. 11 times. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, 11 times. Right. And, and you kind of touched on that. And I would love to touch on it a little bit more because, I mean, th this podcast is about the hero's journey. This podcast is about overcoming um, triumphs like this, pro this. This podcast is about the hero's journey. Right. So can we dive back into that? Like, what was that like growing up? I mean, 11 different times. And now in adulthood, like since I've known you like five times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm trying to get out of that habit, man. Um, so it was just more so my parents just doing whatever we need to do to make ends meet and just to, what you will say, survive or whatnot. But yeah. at the same time, like, it wasn't like we moved from state to state. It was literally just moving from one house to another in the same city because we couldn't afford a house anymore. Yeah. And my mom and dad trying to live above their means, but that's also to put us in an environment or a community that they thought was best that we could thrive from that was different than what their own was because my yeah. parents both grew up in in hectic environments too so and ours was hectic but it probably wasn't as comparable as the project housing that my dad grew up in yeah. in Cincinnati um or what my mom had to go through in the times of the segregation area as well in, yeah. in Louisville um, and her telling me that she had crosses burned in her yard and all that stuff as well growing up. And mm -hmm. it was just a different, it was just a different times back then. So, yeah. um, but then for me in the instance, so it was from going from suburbs to the hood, to suburbs, to the hood, mm -hmm. to going to school in the suburbs while living in the hood and yeah. just trying to <laughs> navigate all that. And, Same here. <laughs> yeah. It was just so yeah. much, man. Cause we, just like even in from Dayton and and to Columbus and from the south side of Columbus, then moving to East Columbus and mm -hmm. from people that are from those areas, that's from those cities and stuff that, you know, are that are familiar with it. They understand like, OK, some of those is, yeah, some, some tough spots. But at the same time, like we just figured out we just try to move through and try to just succeed no matter what was going on. Great. Yeah. We couldn't bring no less than a C in a house. Um, mm -hmm. So my mom and dad has always taught us, like, no matter what's going on around you, you have to take care of business and establish yeah. business and make sure you're successful at the end of the day. And that's how it's always been. Um, and they've always done what they could. They've also taught us on what some things we need to sacrifice in order to make sure that you have the other things. There was times where we had the, <laughs> the electricity off. So then that way we can have as far as pay for the hot water so we can take it back or yeah. points to where we had to, okay, maybe some things messed up on this so we can have food on the table. Yeah. And then you go to your friend's house to do other things, to yeah. shower, to hang out. Yeah. 
avoid an air condition and things like that. Um, yeah. So it was just just figuring it out, figuring out life and all that. My mm-hmm. parents are juggling all that stuff, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it, I, Matt, I, I can imagine that it it sort of caused you to, to learn the value of being really resourceful, right? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and to, and to really ground yourself in human connection. Cause I mean, you talked about something that I definitely resonate with is like having friends or other people's houses to go to when you needed to, to get that fill, right. Whether it was actual food or just like, Hey, things at home aren't great right now. So let me just kind of like be there. Right. Let me kind of just be here with you, uh, with you all. I want to ask you something Matt. you know, if we look at the process for you, Mm-hmm. right when things have been their hardest like let's kind of like go there for a minute when things have been their hardest what has kept you driven i mean i i get to see this as a friend right and so yeah. i'm like dude i i i think i have an understanding about what drives matt uh dr frakes my bad <laughs> um but matt when when things were at their hardest what kept you going man Man, it's, it's, <laughs> it depends on what stage you're talking about. So I would say, one, it was it was it was my parents um, having that support was a very I'm very lucky to have because even mm-hmm. seeing as far as my friends didn't even have that stability of support or having that two parent home, even no yeah. matter what, even if we were maybe doing worse than them, um, income wise. We still had that value of family regardless. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. was always been around me. So I would say my mm-hmm. family for one, as far as for them and some of those times. And then um, after when I got my own family, my wife and my son uh, was also part of that. So when things were down bad, having that focus on making sure I established a scenario that's always going to be better um, than what I had access to. And then also mm-hmm. that's going to give my wife what she deserves. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing. Other thing was just having that unquestionable faith. And that's one of my biggest things is that, yeah, I've seen this, I've done this, but no matter what, like from all that I've been through and seen, and there's some times that was maybe I shouldn't have gone out of that successfully in, mm-hmm. that, in certain scenarios or yeah. be, be talking to you in this position at mm-hmm. the same time. And then I still, even after prayer or after that situation being shown that, all right, you, when I start making some decisions, I'm not going to give you too many different chances or so many other Mm -hmm. chances. And that's just unquestionable faith of like, okay, if I make this decision, yeah, maybe what I'm not used to or put me out, out of my comfort zone, but me making this decision has led me into a positive direction. Yeah. And just having that yeah. faith that that positive direction is going to occur. And and I think that's something, Matt, that you've described in, in earlier podcasts is, you know, your faith being a really huge value for you. You know, when I when I look at high performers like yourself, Matt, like the, the thing that I really, really love to do, and this is why, like, we're seeing this evolution with this podcast and, and a lot of what I'm doing is because, like, I when I see someone who is really successful, someone that I look up to, someone that motivates me. Right. And definitely my friend, you are one of those people. I like to look at like, what are their habits? What are their values? Because I got told this a long time ago by an old mentor, like success is in the details, 
and success mm-hmm. leaves clues, right? Yeah. And so if you could leave some clues for our listeners right now, like what habits or values are you practicing today yep. and possibly throughout your process that you can shed some light on like, hey, like this is no damn accident. Like I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I say one thing is first finding time to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that means getting up early to train or work out, or it may be to read something that's outside of nutrition. Yeah. Something else. I like to think outside the box. I like to get perspectives from different areas as well and have conversations with people from different areas as well, because that also helps you become better in your perspective field. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then the other thing is prayer. So between those three things in the morning that synchronizes as far as like how my daily routines can be, it's either lifting and then prayer, prayer, then reading or, or just prayer and then going by my day, depending on what's and just being understanding I can be flexible with all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you gotta, that's one thing being flexible mm-hmm. and taking care of myself. Yeah. Um, the things that as far as I'm practicing is, is along with that self care is also prioritizing my family and making sure that my family feels established and cared for and making the time to do so and, and balancing the long era, the long hours of my position with also what can be done right now and then what needs to be on the backside and that does not interfere too much with my family time as well. Mm-hmm. And then also establishing that I'm not going to go anywhere that doesn't prioritize family too. Yeah. I'm not going to work anywhere that doesn't prioritize family. It could give mm-hmm. me all the money in the world, but if I can't bring my family around or if I cannot make time to spend with my family and I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's a, a nice little balance yeah mm-hmm. exactly so those those are the two things i'm practicing right now self-love the love of my family and then also uh finding time as far as in the areas for me to continue to grow as well mm-hmm. as a man whatever that may be having some self-assessment on what are my weak points and yeah. just and figuring out okay what can i learn or who can i talk to um to become better in these areas. Yeah. Because this, because that has all aligned and added up for me to be where I am today because mm-hmm. of the simple fact of that has allowed me to, again, as cliche as it sounds, step outside my comfort zone, but also be comfortable and being. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We've talked, we, I mean, we've talked about geeking out about that saying too, being comfortable with, with uncomfortable, uncomfortable, yeah. right? Um, it was actually one of the titles of, of our earlier podcast too. So it's, it's very, uh, it's very, it's awesome to see this kind of come full circle, Matt, and to see where you are right now and to see you to, to continue to flourish. You know, I got to ask you like a person in your position right now, what are your thoughts on imposter syndrome and and do you encounter it? Oh yeah. I counter every single day. First of all, I'm one of the only black male dietitians here in the country that has this type of role. Yep. Um, the, one I, uh, the only other one I know of is my man Isaac over there in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So, hell yeah, I have imposter syndrome. <laughs> and plus, I'm somebody that, that doesn't come. I come from the complete opposite scenario of my student athletes. Mm-hmm. A lot of my student athletes. This is a private yeah. university. 
but mm-hmm. at a prestigious university. I graduated high school and I got a 15 on my ACT. Yeah, I had great, but I had a 15 on my ACT. I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up being the smartest, and I also come from an instability of financial means. Yeah, that's the complete opposite situation of who I'm talking to every mm-hmm. day, every single day. And they, my student, they're very intelligent as well. Mm-hmm. So even having those conversations with them, me being 32, them being 18, it still feels like I'm talking to somebody that still has a little bit more that has more intellect than me. So I have to be yeah. on my A game at all times. Yeah. And even at that, it even it even calls me. I the last time I had last time I had a drink was when I was when I graduated my PhD. Mm-hmm. I literally stopped drinking so that way I can make sure that my mental capacity is on its A game at all times when I'm here every single yeah. day and making those sacrifices yeah. to do so. You can ask my wife. And that's one of the things that I went from just the extreme of living in Bourbon County, have me a little old fashioned here and there every single time. And to now mm-hmm. it's like I don't have nothing yeah. at all whatsoever. Just so yeah. that way I can have, like, I can be on my A game when I'm having that conversation with them or when I'm leading this department, all that stuff too. So it's just from that. So yes, I have imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. there's this very limited on who I can speak with that can say that they're in my shoes and really have that scenario of you have the social atmosphere you have to also consider. You have what are they, people even thinking about when they're looking at me in this position, because literally when you're typically seeing this position, it's a, it's a white female mm-hmm. as well in this, in this yeah. role. Mm-hmm. So how do they, how do they perceive this as with me not seeing the typical position when they look at typical, what fits the criteria of who they see us as in our field. Mm-hmm. So yes, I have imposter syndrome. And plus I'm trying to raise a family every single day. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> just try, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm yeah, just doing the best I can. I don't can. know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing at all. I'm just trying to figure out what my dad did and just go from there and then see what else I can do and just not fail. So yeah. I have that every single day, man. Yeah. The only thing that pushes it aside is that I'm doing the due diligence to make sure that I'm talking to people when I don't have the answers. Being like, hey, I don't know what this is, having those conversations with them. And I think yeah. people respect that because I'm able to say I don't know or like I'm going to actually learn from you because yeah. this is my wheelhouse. You're more knowledgeable in this. Help me. <laughs> yeah. People respect that more. Having yeah. that and then searching for the resources that I need to in order to make sure that we're successful. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I mean, Matt, you you touched on something that I think is so important and for a lot of our listeners too, to truly understand that life will continue to be chaotic. You're going to continue to have chaos. There's opportunity that will present itself. There are hard conversations that we all need to have, boundaries that we need to set. But I think Matt, right there, you touched on something that I, you know, first thing that popped in my head when you talked about, hey, the last time I had a drink is when I graduated because I want to make sure I'm on point every single day of what I do. And that's to to kind of uh, nullify the imposter syndrome, right? The voices that come in that start talking yeah. shit to you. They're like, "Are you? Do you really belong here? Like, should you should you actually yeah. be here? Like, we got to nullify those voices and really attune to our habits and our yeah. values, right? And so, for our listeners out there, he touched on something. You know, at times, like we're gonna have to level up for the opportunity, and it has everything to do with noticing your distractions, noticing how you check out. 
and and noticing how you need to be more present. And I think, Matt, as we went through the habits and the values that you had, the thing that I keep hearing is like, I try to be present in the moment, whether I'm yep. connecting with athletes, whether I'm uh, reading something outside the wheelhouse of nutrition, which that's that same here, uh, whether I'm, I'm praying, uh, you know, even just strength and conditioning, getting a workout and like, that's the ultimate mindfulness journey of like noticing what your body is doing and where your mind is at. So I think one of the big things, Matt, that I got from this convo is, is your ability to be mindful in the moment and what you're doing to stay there. Exactly. And man, I'm just, I'm, I'm so happy to see where you're at today, bro. Like from a friend to a friend, um, I'm I'm happy to see it. Now, I have a couple questions for you. For sure. All right. So, this is the Can't Believe I Made It podcast, right? So, have you made it? And if not, what does making it look like? <laughs> have I made it? Yes and no. I would say yes because never in a million years would I ever thought that I would be in this in this situation, in this position. And when I go back home and I go back to the city and I go back to my mom's house and I pass Livingston and Lonsdale, drive down Lonsdale and I see exactly where, I, where we live at now, where my mom lives at now and <laughs> and driving through all these neighborhoods. When I like I just went home last weekend and went down Lockbourne and Livingston and then just seeing like just where we grew up at and <laughs> Shady Lane and all that. And then went to Dayton to see my father and then went down third street and <laughs> just looking at all these areas man i'm just sitting like damn like, I, what come the hell? <laughs> I come from humble beginnings yeah. and to be where i'm at never even my family or my friends still it's like bro i still can't believe like you're where you're at right now bro yeah it's impossible yeah like, you're doing something legendary right now and i like again so that in that imposter syndrome so i would say yes to that capacity because I'm inspired, I'm trying to inspire the people around me to say, like, look, bro, like whatever we come from or like the situation that you're in right now, trust me, you can make something happen regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other thing was I would say no because I'm never satisfied. I don't know what it looks like. I'm open to whatever it looks like. Um yeah. I say, like, this is where I couldn't dream of being anywhere else or being a lead somewhere, but you never know. It could be the Lord has my path to be an athletic director somewhere or um, to move in that role and to mow mm -hmm. other young professionals or other young leaders that are prospective directors in their situations. Or mm -hmm. um, it could be they want me completely out and I'd be an AD for a high school or something like that. Or yeah. I run my own business and um, my, the way the plan he has for me is to do that. So it just yeah, I don't. I don't know what I honestly don't know what it looks like. I know mm -hmm. right now it's what it looks like right now, as in my yes category, and I'm gonna live it to the fullest if opportunity presents itself, and I pray on it, and that's where I'm supposed to go. Then I guess that's where I'll go. But as yeah. of right now, I'm solid. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, you. Hey, you look happy, man. I'm happy to see I it. Am, you know, we're we're joking off air about. Uh, when you get to work for a team, the gear that you get. So, um, like I said, man, I'm a large. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. It's the end of the year. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My guy, I I'm so happy to 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 see you where you're at um, and to, to see where you've come and to hear from where you've come. Man, I'm just, I feel super grateful to have you as a good friend 
and being able to see your process. So, uh, bro, last two questions for you. I like to have a little fun. Again, this is a podcast about the hero's journey, tapping into the habits, uh, the triumphs, the really hard moments and what you had to do. So, uh, in the realm of heroes, let me kind of put your, put you, put your mind space in the, the like superhero world, right? So mm -hmm. Marvel, DC, like whatever, whatever, right? Who is your hero comparison and why? I'm going to be honest with you. It's Wolverine. <laughs> I was about to say Hulk or Wolverine for real. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, all right. So what? It's, it's, it's between, it's, and that's exactly what it's, I would say between the Hulk. So I can definitely see the Hulk. Yeah. I, I used to be the Hulk. <laughs> I used to be the Hulk. Um, especially during my glory days of being very physical with everything. Yeah. Yeah, and, but then I would say also Wolverine because if you think of Wolverine's story, man, um, his backstory went through a lot of pain, um, just a lot of torture for real, and then having to turn that around to still be having a kind heart to save others as well, yeah. and not utilize that to go on the realm. He has his rebel moments, um, mm -hmm. which is that's he. I mean. He's human or mutant, as you would say, but still yeah. he has those yeah. elements of where it's like, yeah, he has a rebel moments, but at the same time, it's, it's to where where he thinks it's that to justify the good in a situation or to make things right, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. So even though in, in his rebel moments, it's still it's still in a way to where it's like, yeah, I'm going against the grain to 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 save or to make something right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that comparison. I would have to absolutely agree. Um, <laughs> even just looking at, yeah, his hero's journey. Shit. That's a good yeah. one. <laughs> I would have yeah. thought for sure you could say Hulk. Uh, but that's, that's that's a past life for you. Uh, all right, Matt, where can people find you? Um, I want people to continue to, to look this dude up. And we were talking some shit about Notre Dame before. But now that possibly, you know, they're talking about opening it up, the playoffs a little bit more, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to root for Notre Dame. I'm going to have to root for the Fighting Irish because my guy is, is now uh, head of performance over there. But uh, where can people find you? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to find us in the college fo football playoffs, first of all. <laughs> so you'll see me on the sidelines a lot. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> um, other thing is, uh, so Twitter, Instagram, Superior Freaks. Um, that's where you can find me. You can also find me on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and just by typing in my name. Uh, Matt R. Frakes or Dr. Matt Frakes in there. Um, and then also you can find me on Facebook, but that's mostly for like my family to utilize. So, mm -hmm. and then I'm also a Gatorade performance partner captain right now. Mm -hmm. So nice. Uh, you can find some things that I will be like putting out that's Gatorade related and everything as well on my social media platforms. You can find me also on Irish Fuel. Uh, that's our uh, sports nutrition page for our nutrition department. So, but my personal ones are superior freaks and uh, matter our freaks on LinkedIn. Man, people go, uh, go give this guy a follow. Uh, and again, if you're fairly new to the podcast or you listen to men of purpose podcast and you're like, what the hell is this? This is still Desi's voice, but this is all new. Mm -hmm. um, please, please. If there's something that resonated with you during this podcast, I want you to just do me a favor, go ahead and screenshot it. It will be put on IGTV on YouTube or you screenshot it and just talk about something that really resonated with you. Because the more that we share these stories, the more that we can start really tackling 
things like self-doubt, imposter syndrome. We can really start tackling the habits that keep these high performers with where they're at. So uh, as always, like, subscribe, five stars. Uh, any type of review is always, always uh, hugely uh, thankful toward. But man, Matt, I appreciate you, bro. Congratulations. I mean, I can believe you made it, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> appreciate you, bro. Much love, man. It's always a pleasure to do this. So yeah, keep doing what you're doing, man. You're making phenomenal things happen too. So appreciate very that, proud bro. of you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise, my friend. All right, y'all. I'll catch you all in the next episode. Much love to you all. Later.